Chat. I'm Jenny Lamb. And I'm Mike Rouse. On today's show, we're looking at whether home renovation services need to be regulated. The Consumer Council said it received hundreds of complaints each year about renovation companies regarding issues such as quality of work, completion time and cost disputes. The Council warned that problems can crop up right at the beginning of the process. There's a lot of quotations provided by firms leaving a lot to be desired. To help resolve the problem, the watchdog is now suggesting the government introduce a standard quotation template covering things such as separate costs for various materials, labour fees, payment schedules and remedies for any delays so that potential customers can make meaningful comparisons between various renovation companies. How useful would such a system be? Should the industry regulate itself? Or is it a job for the government? And after 9.45 this morning, we'll be finding out about Hong Kong's first hydrogen-powered double-decker bus that's just hit the road yesterday. We'd love to know what you think. Do call us any time on 2338-8266 and join the conversation. WhatsApp us on 6899-8518. Comment on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk. And joining us on the line this morning, we have Gilly Wong, who's... A, we're waiting for Gilly Wong, who's the chief executive on the Consumer Council. And just... And and then there's uh, just a little bit about what they actually found. Um, so the Consumer Council found that um, of more than 1,200 complaints related to renovation services that the watchdog received between 2017 and last year... 42% of those was about the service quality and about 28%, that's more than a quarter of them, were related to delays of failing to complete the work on time or just basically not delivering um, what's expected. Um, other problems are disputes over pricing, maintenance, sales tactics and contractual term um, changes or terminations. So, you know, the, the, the Government and Consumer Council is, is talking about how to have I, a... I think so. I was trying to think on the way in the studio over the week, I was thinking, um, how do we handle it? And the answer is the whole tribe, the whole family, extended family, we've identified one contractor who we use for everything. So it's fitting out, whether it's refitting out, whether it's an office, whether it's a resident, the whole family uses him and you develop a relationship and you have trust. Um, He knows he's got regular work coming from you and you'll pay on time, and you know that he's going to do a good job, and and so on. But, of course, if you're a new immigrant to Hong Kong, if you're newly arrived, you haven't got those relationships. Um, And if you haven't got an extended family here, you... You couldn't actually, you have to do it on an individual basis. Yeah, and, of course, if you're a new homeowner nowadays, I mean... I would probably instinctively look online. Uh, ask my neighbours probably instinctively look online, you know, at the ratings. Right. If it's a well-established uh, residential development, then this everyone's going to know this. there's a guy. There's a guy who fixes the plumbing. There's a guy who fixes the wiring. Um, and you, you'll plug into that system. But, you know, it's, it's not a guarantee of quality. No, of course not. And it's, it's difficult for, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with um, renovation like you and I wouldn't be, um, how do I know how much <laughs> tiles are supposed to cost? Where are they sourced? Right. And, of course, that's another big issue. Uh, should, the, should the guy who does the work show you the invoices for when he's bought stuff? Or is that just, but that's still open to abuse, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so now they, they want a template um, that, that should include um, prices and, and um, 
you know, the cost of materials, etc. You know, the Consumer Council found that, you know, it's common, you know, disputes are common and that litigation, if it comes to that, is, is uh, you know, it costs a lot of money, it's very time consuming. Um, and from what they found, the, the uh, litigation over the years that they looked at, which was between 2017 and 2023, uh, the amount came to... Um, more about two hundred and seventy million dollars. Well, I think there's also a problem, isn't there, with um, renovation of the overall estate? Yeah. So we're still waiting for Gillywell, who's the chief executive of the Consumer Council, and we have a little bit of a problem contacting her right now. But we're, again, this morning we are talking about. Um, uh, the problems of home renovation, and we have uh, Marvin Chen on the line. Um, he's the architect and honorary president of the Hong Kong Institute of Building Inspectors. Good morning, Mr. Chen. Oh, good morning. Yeah, so, you know, the Consumer Council is saying that there needs to be a template for for um, these renovation companies to list out the job details. What what, what do you think those um, job details should be? Is a template helpful? Well, uh, obviously, they need to uh, list out all the works items uh, and also other necessary preliminaries like... Um, the um, preparation work for insurance and and uh, maybe temporary protection measures. Um, all the things should be list clearly, and I um, and attach a cost to it. So the um, owners uh, would know the breakdowns, and uh, so to decide what uh, to do. Right. Have you had a chance, Mr. Chen? Good morning. Have you had a chance to read the Consumer Council report? Uh, not really in totality, but right. I understand that, uh, yeah. The main points from the media, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and is and, this uh, something you think where the government's got a role to play, or is it better to leave this to the industry itself? Uh, no, I, I, I think um, no. Uh, I think recently we had these uh, low house park incidents where uh, people at uh, home uh, uh, decorator has... Uh, um, I think um, somehow demolished a, some uh, structural elements and caused a safety concern. And, and these are, are the things that uh, it seems quite common with the, the home decorations nowadays. Um, but uh, actually, in our ordinance, especially the building ordinance, we have such provisions for um, the, uh, the work need to be carried out under different control systems. And also we have uh, already prescribed uh, penalties um, apart from the uh, monetary penalties. We also have the imprisonment terms for uh, violating um, uh, such uh, act. So um, actually I think we do have provisions. It's just that uh, currently um, the Norm, um, common um, uh, people uh, not familiar with this and tend to um, employ some unqualified um, decorators to right, carry yes. out the decoration works. I think that would be the key problem. Okay, so joining us now, now on the line is Gilly Wong. She's the Chief Executive at the Consumer Council. Good morning, Ms. Wong. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you've talked about that the surveys found that there are lots of complaints and litigation um, 
And you're suggesting that there should be a template. What should be on this template, do you think? Well, there are many items you know, that should be on the template. Um, basically, you know, obviously, um, there are three areas. One is about, you know, the price. Uh, what are the price talk about, your payment schedule, the terms, um, how to manage the deposit, the scope of work, uh, etc. Uh, and uh, there are some, uh, the second areas, you know, is about the standards of work. Uh, it's about um, the whole uh, project schedule, uh, the workmanship, what are the acceptable standards, the project, pe- um, uh, as I said, you know, project period, and also, you know, the compliance with laws and completion with um, uh, the, um, the requirements and also the remedy for delay. This is the third part because after the renovation, um, always, you know, there's some uh, minor touch-up or, or some, you know, follow-up actions. Uh, what are the remedies? Uh, for delay and also the warranty and also terminations. Um, these are, you know, the main areas that definitely, you know, have to be uh, included. Uh, and one more thing is about the work variation because in many cases, almost all renovation projects that involve work variations. So when uh, we talk about work variations, what are the charges involved mm-hmm. and also what is the impact to the project schedule and also um, the follow-up, you know, um, the, the warranty, etc., you know, has to be covered. Right. There are three more areas, you know, that we want to include it. Uh, suggested is a cooling off period. We suggest a seven days cooling off period, and also including in the contract is um, the alternative dispute resolution in case of any disputes. You know, in what channel and what ways, you know, we should handle that. And finally, in the long run, we would suggest, you know, to explore the um, uh, feasibility and also how to. Um, uh, implement escrow account to safeguard the deposits and the payments from consumers, as well as uh, how to transfer the payment to the contractors as well. Wow, it's very, very comprehensive. Um, look, when we have major works in a, in a building, it's a, it's a registered contractor doing it and he's regulated by the government under the building's ordinance. But what about the, it's the small-scale people, isn't it? The guy who's redecorating or he's coming in to do something with the wiring or the plumbing. Are these people under any control at all at the moment? Um, not exactly. Um, the reason why is, you know, the amount involved may not be very huge. Under the Construction Industry Council, there are uh, certain schemes, you know, that cover um, um, construction in a higher amount. And some of the companies, you know, they also uh, covered renovation as well. But uh, if you're talking about a smaller amount, like um, um, 200000 or maybe 500000 uh, for a Average consumer, it is not a small amount, but from a construction point of view, it is a large amount, and those are not covered. And this is exactly the reason why that we want to have um, a government-endorsed accreditation scheme to accreditate these kind of uh, smaller-scale contractors. But would it it be operated by the industry itself? Uh, what we would suggest is, uh, as once you know the government have an endorsed uh, endorsement, they can appoint accreditation bodies qualified accreditation bodies and let them to accreditate um, the contractors, you know, involved. It could be a tiered accreditation in considering the nature and also the scale and size of different companies and uh, with um, a set of criteria, you know, set for them for different tiers. So that basically covers safety, financial health, um, their manpower, a track record, dispute resolution process, uh, business ethics, uh, and also their practices as well. So these are the main areas, you know, that we should at least, you know, covered in the accreditation scheme. Okay, Marvin Chen, do you think a government yeah. accreditation scheme will work? 
Okay. May, may I just uh, go back a little bit on the statutory control side? Uh, we mentioned actually we do have a um, sort of control system, the minor word system, which are intended to control uh, target uh, the, the minor work that happens in the common facilities, like uh, even you demolish a partition wall inside the flat, or you add in some screens, or you put in um, uh, some railing inside the flat. All these uh, uh, kinds of works actually has already been included as a minor work, uh, which you do need to um, have a, a minor work contractor. It was clearly not working work. well. Um, no, I mean, if the uh, I think it's the education side is that people are aware or are trying to pay extra because now they actually the minor work contractor are very common. If you want to replace a window, actually they do need to have uh, all the uh, all the um, uh, the uh, license to do it. But still, obviously, in the market, people. Uh, still, there are some unqualified um, people who are trying to get into the business, and uh, they are telling. I mean, these, these sort of things obviously is 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 the education. We do have the regimes here, uh, so I, I we are more talking about how to, you know, um, tell to the market. I think accreditation is the one way that uh, if people are aware, they do need to have accreditation. Um, to have a credit, um, um, the decorator, of course, but that would be good. Many of these outfits are uh, individuals, one man or two people working together. Some of this stuff about the scrow accounts and everything is awfully complicated. Well, well, if, 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 yes, if, if, if you, you talk to even whatever system you have, if the, decor, uh, if the owner who are laymen who know nothing and just find out, and some guys come up to them and just say, okay, I will do it for you. And uh, they, they just simply employ it. So whatever system you have, statutory-wise or uh, um, industry uh, control-wise, um, you, you still have unqualified people enter into the market, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a fundamental issue. I think whatever system you have, you do need to have what would be the consequence under education. Are the people aware of it? Or um, um, and, and now we do have it. Even you have these heavy penalties, you have the things, and people still finding some unqualified uh, decorators, uh, right, isn't it? Yeah, so Gilly Wong, you know, uh, Marvin Chan here, he's from the Institute of Building Inspectors. He's saying that there is a, a sort of control system now, which clearly, you know, th th there are problems. Now, you're suggesting there should be a government accreditation scheme. That obviously will require people to, to show, uh, you know, presumably a, a certain amount of work experience. And, and then the application system is going to be time-consuming, isn't it? Do you, do you see a problem there, Ms. Wong? Um, not really, because when we make reference to overseas, um, six major markets, including the mainland, the UK, um, the US, etc., um, they have neither mandatory or the voluntary um, accreditation scheme. Obviously, you know, it is workable in many places. You know, I don't think you know, Hong Kong is such an exception that, you know, it couldn't be done. Um, but the most important thing is, is offer the consumer a white list, you know, or maybe a more qualified list of contractors that they can refer to. Because one of the 
biggest pain point that we uh, that we found from our study is you know, consumers really, really find it difficult to find a qualified uh, contractors to help them um, because there's so many in the market. They're diverse in scale, diverse in capability, and also have many maltreat practices. You know what we found, you know, this time as well. So how an average consumer with very little experience on uh, on renovation can find a very good one, except you know referral, all right? But sometimes even referral may not be totally reliable. So a white list to help them is very important. Even when we ask the consumer, what is your wish list? They want a blacklist. And also when we ask the contract, uh, uh, the industry, what is good, you know, to govern the, the industry better, they think, you know, our, our accreditation system or even a licensing system will help a lot in, um, in, um, in driving, you know, the standards and uh, the quality of uh, of the industry as well. So I think, you know, it is workable. It's just a matter of how and also um, how we make it a balance um, to the state of the industry as well as, you know, um, uh, making fulfilling, you know, consumer protection. Well, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Gilly Wong uh, from the Consumer Council. We'll carry on this conversation now with uh, Marvin Chen. Marvin Chen from the Institute yeah, of yeah. Buildings Inspectors. So Gilly Wong uh, is saying that there should be maybe a white list and many consumers would like a black list of, of uh, you know, <laughs> renovators. Do you, do you think that will work? Uh, no. Um, and apart from the building. Uh, the- inspected uh, institution and also an architect itself and all and and so we do run a, a contract with the with all kinds of uh, fitting out works as well apart from the major building works now i i think there's the two, two things to look at these things if you're talking about statutory control safety or well-being actually there are already a list of uh, those minor work contractors which you can find readily from the Buildings uh, department's website. Uh, so nowadays, um, in the industry, people actually are aware that um, that they, we do need to employ um, minor works contractor to carry out the various minor items, which are very clearly shown on the website. Um, now, and what the consumer council is suggesting is that actually. Down to the fitting work contractor, there's much more than that in the performance assessing the the standard of the fitting out contractor. Um, that apart from the self control, just one of them. If you want to control, go into detail such that uh, are they uh, carry out the works on time? What's the quality of the works? All this could be a little bit complicated. How Why is it complicated? Assess? Yeah, it, it, yeah. How can you assess what what? Well, who is the quality of the interior contractor? Is the delay happened? And how 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 you what how can you um, readily assess what would be the good contractor? Right. Mr. Um, Chen, right? Uh, yes. in, look, I'm look, trying to look at this for a practical purpose. You buy mm. a flat in an established residential estate. Um, mm. Isn't the first person you're going to talk to to be the management company? I, you know, I want to, re- I, re- I want to redecorate uh, Jongsao when I move in. Um, are you going to talk to the management company no. or the neighbours? If, if it's under, if it's under the DMC. Uh, well, probably yes, but I, I doubt that whether you would consult the management company because less control, there would be more freedom in doing your renovation. Where isn't it? Something. I mean, that's what happened in Lotus Park. Even with such a newly established building, the people would not. Just simply not uh, inform the management 
company who cannot uh, really right. uh, 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 write it. That's a very practical, right? Have removed it's, it's a, really a load-bearing wall. It's, it's, yeah. it's really up to the, the the owner, right? Whether they would like to inform the um, management company. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, so again, we're talking about the problems of home renovation. Um, this morning uh, here on Back Chat, the Consumer Council has found that there are uh, many uh, problems, you know, of, of, of renovators not delivering on time, quality of workers poor. So do join our conversation by calling us on 233 8266. Email, meanwhile, is backchat at rthk.hk. And still on the line with us is Marvin Chan from the Institute of Building Inspectors. So, Marvin, um, yeah, uh, you know, Gilly Wong from Consumer Council is saying that there should be a government accreditation system. Now, you know, as, as we've been talking about, when you have home renovations, sometimes, you know, you just hire maybe, maybe you know, the, the, the local village boy to do a bit of, you know, painting or or. or plastering, whatever. Do you see a problem if people like that need to be accredited before they are allowed to, you know, do the job? I, I think it's always good even if you find someone you are reliable. Uh, you do have uh, sometimes like, uh, right, you have you go to a shop uh, to buy something. You want to buy from a shop that with uh, accredited shop. I mean, that obviously will boost your um, the confidence. I think the intention is good, but we must look very careful at the practical side. Um, I think if you want to drop a list, maybe a voluntary list um, to the, uh, uh, they can come up. And then if there are anything that uh, have uh, uh, complained, and then there will be remorse. But the things that you, how can you, I think it's the assessment criteria. What, who? Uh, should be included right. in the in the in the list. And who would and who, would, who would police the list? Standard. Who would yeah. police the list? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they don't come, <laughs> it will come, uh, right? It, it, it's a marked thing. If you say, "Oh, we we want to have a credit," the uh, the the uh, sort of uh, 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 reliable contractors, but there are still some who just just work for a very penny, and then they just get into the business. And uh, there are always some some owners who are trying. I mean, who can't distinguish and just just get the cheapest uh, they can, right? So so uh, it, 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 is that would solve the problem? Uh, um, I, I'm not so sure, uh, honestly. Uh, of course, but I think it's some sort of uh, reference initiative uh, could be good. But the thing is, they go to very deep the the accreditation. Then they would maybe, I mean, the, the people may be mistaken that anything, anyone on the list must be good. So in case any delay, in case any uh, dispute on the quality of these goods, they may come back right. to the, to the, to consumer council, isn't it? And we've got or to be, be careful. Already. Mustn't make so, it too complicated. I mean, it, it, one guy yeah, might be very be good at electric of, works, another guy might be very good at plumbing, and the exactly. third guy does painting. Uh, but you have some people who do all three. Yeah. So, so this this could be very complicated, and then how? And especially for home decoration, it's a combination of all these things. Do they need to register all things? It's similar to be a repeat, uh, a, a mini version 
of uh, um, the currently minor works contractor because already we got eight category of minor works uh, contractors uh, uh, in the market. Okay, so you, you create another list of, of them. And, 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 and how could you distinguish? So the thing is, if we control, now it's the statutory side, uh, even if that difficult, how can you assess the, the, the people with, with sort of a different skill set? All right. Well, do stay with us, Marvin Chan. We're going to have to break for the news um, in a moment. But again, you know, we're talking about home renovation this morning. And um, do call us uh, and join in the conversation at two double three double eight two double six. But now let's have a look at the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy, cool with one or two light rain patches in the morning and at night. The maximum temperature will be around 20 degrees during the day, moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook is for wind and still relatively cool weather in the next couple of days. Temperature will rise on Thursday and it will be cool again towards the weekend. Right now, the uh, temperature outside is 17 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity 81%. And here's the news with Barry O'Rourke. A tourism analyst says the remaining curbs on mainland visitors coming to Hong Kong should be gradually dropped. Kenneth Kwong from the Department of Marketing at Hang Seng University welcomed the authorities' decision to allow residents of Qingdao and Xi'an to visit Hong Kong as individuals, taking the number of cities covered by the individual visit scheme to more than 50. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed to go ahead with an offensive in Gaza's southernmost city of Rafa. Whatever happens in hostage negotiations, nearly a million and a half Palestinians have sought refuge in the city. Tens of thousands of supporters of Jair Bolsonaro have taken part in a rally in Sao Paulo, where the former Brazilian president denied he'd plotted to coup, uh, a coup to stay in power. Mr Bolsonaro said he'd been the victim of tireless political persecution since leaving office just over a year ago. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Hey, you can ask if you don't understand, but if you lose your hearing, there's no cure. Working near loud noises without hearing protection can easily cause occupational deafness. Employers and employees must work together on prevention. Employees engaged in specified noisy occupations suffering from occupational deafness can apply for compensation. For details, visit the Occupational Deafness Compensation Board website or call 2723-1288 for inquiries. Children are a source of happiness and hope for parents. They are a motivation for parents to reach for goals and overcome difficulties. The parents' mission is to care for and protect their children. Love your children. Treasure their lives as well as yours. Embrace your hopes. Cherish your love. Love children. Love yourself. And love life. Welcome back to Backchat. Uh, I'm Jenny Lam and with me um, is uh, Mike Rouse. And joining us on the line now is Simon Tang. He's a co-founder of the Home Decorations Consultancy, um, Deco Academy, and he's also the director of the Hong Kong Decoration and Engineering Association. Good morning, Mr. Tang. Good morning. Hello, everyone. So with this conversation follows uh, the consumer 
Council's finding um, that there are many problems with renovation work, such as, you know, shoddy work quality, aggressive sale tactics, and the Consumer Council is basically suggesting two things. A template for the invoices that should include pricing, time of delivery, warranty, etc. And another thing that Gilly Wong suggested earlier is a government accreditation scheme for the people doing the work. Simon Tang, a template yeah. and a government accreditation scheme for those work? Um, actually, uh, there are a lot of templates in the market already. So, uh, it's, but a standardized uh, one? Mm, well, but actually, many associations and many private companies, they try to standardize uh, templates because they want to present a better service in this um, chaotic industry and attract customers to find them as an agent. So a lot of people tried to implement some um, standard templates. So uh, before the government actually does the work, uh, I think if it, uh, whether it's useful or not, it depends on how whether the template is simple enough to follow and also it, it is more practical. But it only can uh, solve like a quarter of the problems because most of the problems uh, rely, uh, is uh, between the consumer and the vendor. Because the people is the person who make decisions and communicate a template. Um, if it is too complicated, they cannot use. But if it's too simple, it cannot. Um, uh, it's actually hard to regulate um, on surface standards. Well, I mean, they, they will need to learn to use it if they want the job, well, right? The, but, the, but, the, but the main problem is people do not do their homework, and they, they will all, they will only. No, I mean, talking about the builder vendor. side, not the consumer. Mm. This is primarily to protect the consumer. Yeah, but still, uh, there are lots of uh, there are lots of services out there, templates, guidelines, even by the con uh, construction uh, industry council. It's also uh, they also uh, released uh, some registration system to regulate the in industry. But uh, but then uh, the providers they do not register because it increased their cost, and the, and, right. and the consumers they do not choose uh, those vendors because it, it also increased their cost. They, so the, the consumers yeah. don't know to ask. Or they worry that the cost will be higher if they get an accredited the, one. The, the main issue why they are always uh, they encounter those scams or problems is because they choose the uh, they won't they, they do not do their homework and they choose the cheapest vendor. That is actually the strict problem. Right. So if, so, so so there are a lot of uh, things that they can do to do the homework, but they they tend to go for the easiest way, like uh, going on forums to ask for referrals. Things like that, they will lead them to, 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 they do not see this as a professional, as a, as a difficult job and treat it more seriously. Mm -hmm. We have a listener, Colin, who's written in and he says about the template that the Consumer Council is suggesting. He said, it all sounds good, but impractical in the real Hong Kong world. You can have all the fancy paperwork, but at ground zero, we find that the workmen who actually perform the work have little or no qualification, hard to communicate with. Um, presumably, Colin speaks English and he's, he's saying that definitely no English, but actually increasingly so, Cantonese too. Um, so the work is often substandard. Naturally, as they have minimal training, and months later or sooner, you know, there's, there's bad weather, the problem starts and the nightmare begins. So um, what's, your, what's your reaction maybe to Colin's Col comment? Maybe Colin could give us a call and give us some of the details. <laughs> yes, here. Colin, I mean, you can, you can call us. Uh, Marvin Chan, what is, your, what is uh, your reaction to that? You know, that you can have all the paperwork, but when it comes to communicating with the renovators, 
I, I, I think uh, I, I tend to agree that it seems that the system audit the accreditation it seems to punish the good good guys, <laughs> while you yeah. you still there's a lot of bad guys in the market that uh, you can't you do nothing, and if the consumers still choose to go to the cheapest code, which obviously comes from the because on the accreditation list somehow you have. You have to comply with certain regulations. Certainly, you do, or practices. You do need to have extra costs on that to, to pay for it. Yeah. Right. And then that means that you you are less competitive. You compare to the unqualified, which made them even more attractive. Right. To be very honest. Yeah. That is the reality. So the thing is that we should target how to you know get these uh, bad guys out, uh, driven them out of the market. Uh, would be heavier penalty or something. I think that that would be a more practical way to 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 exclude and and also through obviously education or the or the thing, um, and and that probably would 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 be the first thing to do. As I said, there's a lot of already a lot of vendors uh, contracts all in the market. Or not not uh, quite a lot of the other. They are good ones. Not necessarily a one. Uh, if you just implement one, of course, I, I have no objection to that. But if you're setting up a mandatory system or things, all the costs are going to bear by these, by this, uh, 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 the good contractor or, or the big uh, uh, um, uh, guys. And uh, so, so the things we have to be very careful in assessing the, the implications. And we're talking about a poor home renovation here on Backchat. Do call us on two double three double eight two double six. You can also WhatsApp us. The number for that is six eight double nine eight five one eight, and our email is backchat at rthk.hk. So Simon Tang, you were the director. You're the director of the Hong Kong Decoration and Engineering Association. Um, earlier, uh, the Consumer Council's chief executive Gilly Wong is saying uh, many consumers would like a blacklist of the renovation companies that do shoddy work or don't deliver on time. Is that a good idea? Uh, actually, uh, I, uh, over the past 10 years, I, uh, I'm part of the... Um, uh, uh, we, we actually ran a whitelist and blacklist, uh, both of them. But then uh, the problem is uh, it is not actually... Uh, it, it doesn't work. Uh, in short, because uh, if you are blacklisted, you can all, always register a new company. And also, uh, blacklist and whitelist is just uh, um, it, it's hard to, it's it actually unfair for many um, uh, uh, service vendors. They, uh, they may fail on uh, one of the services, and uh, people will call it a black, blacklist company now in the market. But then uh, it's always about matching. The, 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 the final conclusion we, we got from all those uh, tries is that it, uh, some individual contractors, they may not be able to take on big jobs, but they won't refuse those jobs when, when the customers approach them. So it's, uh, it's basically so uh, the vendors, they take all jobs, but they are not suitable for all jobs. So they are not uh, black. Right. And how are the consumers supposed to know that? You know, there's a whole point of this conversation is how to better well, protect the consumers. Well, uh, well, maybe I can share how we finally uh, do it and then uh, see if there's any lights for the government to evolve. Uh, for example, uh, we uh, governed the results list. So we measure the performance according to customer satisfaction and, and according to the, a lot of parameters, like uh, how long, whether they can respond customers in, in three hours and so on. And we compare quotations apple to apple uh, according to um, 
uh, a quotation system, and re-educating, uh, re-educating them with the industry standards, what they need to know, what they need to ask, and so on. And also we match companies with our parameters. We give the questionnaires for customers to understand what they need, because currently they don't understand who does what. Like, oh, what are those types of companies? What is the difference between the designer company and an individual contractor and an engineering company? What are, the, what are they? They don't understand, and they don't understand what they need. And they don't do homework. That's, that's all the problems they need to solve together. It's not just one uh, regulation. Okay, right. the good guys there and bad guys there. That that won't probably uh, does the work and only does uh, do you, like. Yeah. Do you keep a white list uh, and say this guy's good for plastering? This guy's good for painting? This guy's good for plumbing? This guy's good for uh, electric works and so on? Do you do you differentiate like that? Um, the whitelist is actually uh, they give some promise, and we can uh, we we can punish them. We 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 can uh, like for example, we uh, we can uh, get their personal address, we get their deposit, and we also get uh, guarantees from them. So that we uh, the because the problem is um, when uh, consumer and vendor they sign their own contract, okay. um, the vendor is on the powerful side. Okay. And if they join, yeah. We have a listener, Mike, who's on the line. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning. So, home renovations. What, this, is the what, way, this is the way I've always done it and the way it's done around the world and the way I've done it in Hong Kong. You need an independent individual. You sign the contract. You pay 10% down after you've decided, and then you have a halfway point. Halfway point that's determined by not the contractor, and not you, but that individual, the designer or the architect or whatever, he decides where when it's halfway, which is decided at the signing of the contract. We want it here in the halfway. Electrical is all completed. It's halfway done, whatever. You decide that. That's where the 40% comes in. But that's not what local people, the local contractors want. They want half the money up front. <laughs> and usually... That half covers the job. Right. <laughs> and then they don't complete the job after that. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Um, you know, uh, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, you know, by the way, before you go, Mike, um, Gillywall is also a uh, consumer council that has also suggested maybe there should be an escrow account uh, as, as it would be in, in some countries. What do you think of that idea? Right, because the contractor, he's, a, he's afraid you don't have pay him. You put the money in the escrow account. I said, no, here's the money right here, but you don't get it until you're finished with the job. And when the job is finished, there is still a 10% hold off. You only get 90% of the job, 90% of the money when you're 100% finished, because we want to see within three months what's going to happen to, you know, whether it all falls to pieces. That's exactly. Is it all going to fall apart? But is that a bit complicated for a small uh, contractor, a small one-off job inside a flat, an escrow account? Uh, that sounds like lawyers. You know, if, if you're talking about when you say small, is it is it a hundred thousand dollars? Is it two hundred thousand dollars? That ain't that's that's not that's not small. 
Hmm. It's relative, I guess, how much you have to pay the lawyers to set up the account. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mike, for calling us this morning. Uh, Marvin Chan, so Mike, our listener, is saying that there should be an independent third party uh, to see, to, to monitor the progress of the work. Do you think that will work, an independent third party? I mean, yeah. even now, we, when you're doing a lot of uh, big projects, people trying to to get away with the uh, professionals and just talk direct to the contractor to, in the in the bit of saving the the money. <laughs> so I don't think the ordinary, you know, the the um, the owners were ready to pay for such service. In addition to the uh, decoration, they don't see the value. I, I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. What, what about you, Samantha? You were talking even the hundred thousand. What do you pay for for the escrow service? Mm-hmm. I mean, you add ten percent, twenty percent, right? Yeah, uh, well, maybe it uh, must be. So, yeah. so I think it works. I mean, to some extent, if we're talking about the the uh, the uh, the basic uh, uh, consumer. I, I, I think some sometimes they they would not. It, it depends whether they would support it in the first place. Uh, Simon Tang, you were, you yeah. were going to say something? Yeah, actually, uh, those uh, 10% cannot be added to the balance. Uh, it has to be internalized to what the project management charges. Because as, actually, that's their, their job as a professional. But currently, most uh, renovation companies, they care about their own interests. So that's where the renovation platforms comes in. They care about the reputation, their own reputation, so that they give the job to the right company and save their advertising costs, marketing costs, so that the 10% can move to the renovation platforms and then so that both sides do not pay extra costs and they can match to the right person. And then we can help with those quotation comparison and all those reminding education and so on. That's right. uh, how the all win comes in, I think. Yeah, okay, so we, we have a, a listener, Jen, who's written in um, and he's saying, I don't know if it's he or she, but Jen is saying um, that I, he's saying, I had a bad experience from a person who was an employee at a company referred to us by a friend. So we hired him. He didn't tell us he was not working for that company anymore. So he showed us a plan and schedule and provided a quote with company name and asked for full payment. So uh, looking trustworthy, we paid the full amount in advance to his bank account. He dismantled our kitchen completely, delivered a few cabinets and did not turn up or answer our calls or WhatsApp messages. We had no kitchen for five to six months and no other company wanted to help us. After trying to locate him and connecting with some of our other clients whom he cheated similarly, we located him in a mental hospital and no one was allowed to meet him. And on lodging complaint with the police, we were told that since we did not have a company receipt, we couldn't file our case to the Consumer Council either. And we lost $50,000. Um, uh, well, that's unfortunate, you know, that the the... the company the person seems to have uh, be ill but but uh, that's not unheard of uh, either having right? over a hundred percent up front it seems yeah that's, uh, that's a bit of a stretch i would think it, it would be uh, marvin chan your reaction to this particular case couldn't find the company they you know, deliver uh, actually, the kitchen cabinets and didn't show up <laughs> I, I think it's not uncommon that you heard that, that there's a lot of the back black sheep in in the industry that do the same tricks uh, over and over again, uh, because initially they may maybe peter than the market price, and then maybe it's too trust on the. Pro- I mean, the, the common people doesn't have that professional knowledge to distinguish what is 
the what will be the real practice. They thought, okay, it's it's the uh, it's a common practice, so they they would bet on their trust on on their their friends or the thing. So so obviously it, it's good to have a list. But my my always the point is that if you adding the list, whether the consumer will ready to to seek because uh, there's always a case if on the list. People try to avoid it because they thought that must be expensive, right? Right. <laughs> to, to to hire those companies, so okay. there will be another label to it. Sure, Simon Chang. Uh, yeah. Few words in a minute. Yeah, actually, I think there's one thing that the government can do because uh, from our experience, uh, looking at those black ships, uh, the companies they uh, they will undergo a year's difficult period before it's closed down. So actually, currently, if people pay for the some paid search. They can find out the company is at risk. So uh, I think it's uh, uh, it's, um, it's possible to legalize this part so that people can check up whether the company is with a lot of um, disputes, and because that will end if they don't create any more disputes, um, those. Um, the status may change. Okay. So this is more like a better idea than the blacklist. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Simon Tang, uh, from You're the welcome. Hong Kong Decoration and Engineering Association and also Marvin Chan uh, from the Institute of Building Inspectors. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. We're now coming up to... We're now coming up to 10 minutes to 10, and we're talking about the first hydrogen-powered double-decker bus, which hit the road yesterday. And joining us on the line now is Kenny So. He's a general manager of CityBus. Good morning, Mr. So. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Tell us about this new bus. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. It's a uh, started service yesterday, and actually it's a very important milestone for green transportation in Hong Kong because... It's the first time that there is a hydrogen vehicle running on the streets of Hong Kong. And uh, yesterday, uh, the bus started the passenger service in our Waterloo Road line, Woods 20, so running across the Kowloon area. So we are already excited. Yeah, I, I saw from the TV that the, the passengers were excited too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 a lot of bus fans. And actually, I think uh, the bus is welcomed by, by the people of Hong Kong because uh, now we are stepping into the hydrogen era. But right, so the hydrogen era. How is, this, how is this bus refueled? Is it tanks of gas? Oh, yeah. There, there, uh, actually, there are five cylinders in the bus that are filled with hydrogen gas. And uh, with hydrogen gas, uh, the bus can, can, can run a high mileage and also the refilling time is short. So compared with the electric buses, it's a big improvement and we think it's maybe more suitable for heavy commercial vehicles right. in Hong Kong. Can yeah. they just change one of the cylinders? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, every day we will do a refilling. Right. So uh, the, the five cylinders are filled with hydrogen gas, and every day after service, the bus will go back to the depot and we will do the refilling with the uh, hydrogen refilling station this in sounds, our West Kowloon depot. This all sounds very good, but what are the downside? Well, downside, of course, uh, you may know about that uh, the uh, research and development cost is high. Of course, uh, this the first uh, tri-SO double-deck hydrogen fuel cell bus in the world. 
So, uh, but we believe that uh, in 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 future the cost will come down, and uh, you know, just like the electric vehicles, the the, the cost is coming down. So uh, as there are more payers and uh, more manufacturers will join the market, so uh, we believe that uh, in, in, in future, the price of hydrogen or the price of the vehicle will go down right. and uh, we will enjoy the benefit. Is it suitable for all kinds of heavy vehicles? Oh, yeah, because uh, 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 with the hydrogen gas in the vehicle, uh, the vehicle can can run a long mileage, and also with the short refilling time, so it's quite suitable for 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 heavy commercial vehicles. Okay, so this hydrogen gas, hydrogen cylinders, where is it being produced? Uh, the 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 gas is produced in Hong Kong, so we uh, special order from a gas company, so they supply the hydrogen gas to us. And uh, the, this hydrogen fuel cell bus uh, is built in China, but the components are coming from various countries. For example, um, the, the, the fuel cell is from a bullet. Uh, it's a Canadian company. And the hydrogen tanks, they, they are made by a company called Hexagon in Europe. Um, is he, so the bus is meant to be less polluting. What about the process of producing producing this this hydrogen fuel? Is that polluting? Uh, well, it, it it depends on the uh, production process of of the hydrogen. So uh, there are various process of producing hydrogen, like electrolysis and uh, steam weaving reformation, and. Uh, well, in, in, in future, we believe that there will be uh, green hydrogen supplying to Hong Kong. When the market is building up, there will be green hydrogen import from the mainland uh, with pipeline or from Australia or the Middle East in a ship of liquid hydrogen. And also, we, we also believe that uh, Hong Kong can produce uh, green hydrogen in a small scale. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, a double-decker bus with five cylinders of gas. Are they allowed to go through the tunnels? Uh, uh, at this moment, it's not allowed to go through tunnel. But we know that the government is uh, uh, studying uh, the possibility of allowing hydrogen vehicles to go through tunnel. And uh, we have heard that the the, the result is positive. And. Uh, so we are working closely with the government, especially the electrical and mechanical services department, and uh, we will make this come true. Yeah, but so, so the, they aren't allowed in the tunnel, but presumably because of, of uh, the possibility of an explosion or fire. Is that right? Uh, well, I think everything is, is done to a risk assessment. So the government is doing a risk assessment. So once they have assessed uh, the risk and see the level if this is acceptable, then uh, there, there, there will be an, an announcement very soon, I believe. How do they produce the hydrogen? Uh, well, the hydrogen is now produced by a gas company in Hong Kong, and they use the process of electrolysis. So they, they, they spit water into hydrogen and oxygen and supply the hydrogen to us right. in, a, in a tube trailer. Will this increase the demand for water then? Uh, not necessarily. 
because uh, it's, it's uh, electrolysis, you produce uh, hydrogen from uh, water, but uh, well, on, on the other hand, hydrogen will combine with oxygen to produce water. So, so for the well, it's, uh, it's a cycle. Right. So, so right now, they can't go through the tunnel. The, the, the one bus that you have presumably is going around Kowloon, am, am I correct? Oh, yeah. And uh, at the beginning, uh, the bus will travel on our Waterloo Road Line Woods 20. And uh, after a few months, uh, the bus will be deployed to other two routes. One is uh, Woods 22M, traveling between the Kaitech Coast Terminal and uh, Togwa 1. And then uh, and, and another Woods, Woods 28, traveling between uh, Kaitech Coast Terminal Right. And the high-speed railway West Kowloon Station. Uh, this Route 28 will travel along Nathan Road. Right. So uh, this will allow us to collect a lot of operational data yeah, to uh, study whether this hydrogen vehicle is really suitable for the environment uh, of you, Hong Kong. Will you get more animal plans for more buses? Yeah, bus? definitely. Uh, we, we, we plan to uh, acquire five production model hydrogen buses and uh, five electric buses for us to do a parallel test trial. Right. Yeah, and, so, and compare uh, the results. Yeah, with, with this comprehensive uh, uh, trial plan, we'll be able to compare the performance and the operation mode of the hydrogen and electric buses. And uh, then we can decide for our procurement plan in in future. Okay. How, how about many the hydrogen cost? bus to buy and how many electric buses to buy? How yes. about the relative cost? Well, the cost uh, I've mentioned that because uh, this hydrogen bus is the well right. first try so double that hydrogen bus, so there will be R and D cost. But uh, when when we acquire more and there are more parties in Hong Kong to participate in this hydrogen market, we believe that uh, the cost of hydrogen vehicle will come down. Sure. Who's bearing that cost at the moment? Well, uh, for for this uh, hydrogen bus and uh, the hydrogen refilling station, uh, we we are paying at our own. Yeah, but of course. Um, this is a new technology, and, and we hope that the government can provide some financial support in future. Okay, finally, before you go, you, you, you kept saying that you hope that one day Hong Kong will be able to produce this green hydrogen. Can you explain how that's going to happen? What, what do you mean by green hydrogen? Uh, green hydrogen means that uh, during the production of hydrogen, there will not be any carbon dioxide generated. And uh, in in Hong Kong, it's possible to produce green hydrogen, for example, uh, with landfill gas or with uh, biomass generation. Yeah, but of course, in a small scale. Right, so so, so you're still talking about using fossil fuel to to produce it, yeah? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, If talking about landfill gas, is that uh, from waste to energy. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's Kenny So from City Bus talking about the the, the world's first hydrogen-powered double-decker. We're coming up to 10 o'clock, and thank you for listening in this morning.